0: There was a study uh, last week that showed that the number of gray divorces, that is, divorces for people over the age of fifty, has doubled in the last ten to fifteen years. And why is this happening? And it's what's most disturbing about it is that it's causing women to experience a huge decline in their standard of living, whereas a man's standard of living doesn't fall as greatly and and not as in many as numbers. Um, we're talking about this trend with Mary Beth McLean, Mary Beth, is a financial advisor and one of the founders of my private vista where she provides financial and investment advice to women in transition whether that be after a divorce or a death of a spouse and a good friend of mine mary beth welcome to the show how are you I'm great, Karen. Hi, how are you? Happy Sunday to you. And to you, too. So you read this study. We both read this study. What do you think is, um, what can you see is is, is uh, provoking this trend? And then I'm going to talk a little bit about why women are being affected more greatly than men. I think that
1: the first thing, be the cause of great divorce is that people are living longer. And If you get to a point in your marriage where your children have left the house, empty nest syndrome, and you look at maybe you're between 50 to 60, and the average life expectancy for a man is 73, and for women it's 79, and you might just say, you know what, I no longer want to spend the rest of my life with this person because I'm just not happy. And I think that that's the major impetus. And I think that as people grow apart, this is an avenue where before they might have stayed together. Now they're looking and saying, you know what, I have another chance at another
0: happy um, bite at the apple, so to speak. And, you know, I think you're absolutely right. But what I find really interesting is, you know, as you know, I do family law is that. When people get to that point in their lives, you know, this really disrupts them financially. I mean, to pull apart people's retirement accounts, to, you know, think about maybe uh, maintenance or formerly known as alimony being paid from one party to the other. I mean, this can really change a person's financial picture. But despite that, despite that both parties are going to be financially impacted in a bad way, um, they're still choosing to do it. And I guess that surprises me.
1: Well, I think it's whether you treasure more your money or whether or not you treasure your time, right? Because you're, eventually you're going to get to a point where you want, if you're really seeking happiness, you're willing to give up some of the creature comforts in from your financial position. But you're right. I mean, it's a math problem. Anything that you divide in two, there's going to be less for the other two people. And the other thing to think about as you're looking at great divorce, not only does it cut everything in half, it, you have less amount of time with regard to working years to maybe recoup yourself financially after the divorce. So, for women, it might be that they have to re enter the workforce. They are going to be working for a shorter amount of time, most likely not at a, at a really substantial salary. And for men, if they're having to give, and I'm going to assume in this situation, that, you know, the men, especially since baby boomers are the generation that seem to be most impacted by this right now. Um, I think that's going to change as we, you know, millennials and generation Z get older. But I do believe that right now with baby boomers, and if you stayed home, whether you're the male or female to take care of children, you are going to be reentering the workforce at a disadvantage, right, as opposed to staying in it and continuing to get those raises on a regular basis over a thirty-year basis. If you're fifty-two going through divorce and you want to retire at sixty-five, you've only got thirteen years to really try and re, um,
0: rebuild those retirement assets or investment assets. Absolutely. And uh, the statistic that was put uh, put in the press this last week was that women. Uh, to experience an average of 45% decline in their standard of living. I'm not sure exactly how that's calculated, whereas a man's standard drops only 21%. And why would women, I mean, we are speculating a little bit, but why would women experience such a more drastic drop in standard of living?
1: Well, first of all, they probably made less than their spouse to begin with. Um, especially, again, we're referring to baby boomers primarily. But during the eighties and nineties, we continue to make progress as women in terms of what men were, earn versus what women earn. But they may have dropped out of the workforce to take care of children, and they also may have be taking care of a, an elderly parent that's sick. So, and then the the other third thing is that they live longer. So if they get a really nice settlement from the divorce, we have to plan that they're going to be living much longer, about five, just under six years. So that means that their standard of living has to drop a little bit so that the money lasts longer. So that's one of, I think that those three reasons and a combination of those is the reason that most women experience a pretty significant change in lifestyle.
0: You know, and that being said, uh, it, it sounds like doom and gloom. And like you said, a, a lot of women just, they're they're done with their marriage. Their marriage has probably been done for a long time. Men too. This is the same. It go, goes both ways. And people True. want to pursue happiness. And they're willing to give up the big house. They're willing because they're going to give it up anyway at some point because it's too much, right? And the kids aren't coming home anymore. They've got their own places to go. And I see a lot of people saying, I know I'm going to take a hit. And I do see um, almost to a one, though, that and maybe I don't, you can weigh in on this, too, because you, you handle the finances. I handle the divorce, and then they're, they're, they're gone. <laughs> but, uh, you know, people who I contact afterwards, how are you doing? Just checking in to see how you're doing. People who thought they were going to be unhappy because they had to downsize are happy. They, they're happier in their smaller place. They're happier living a different lifestyle. They're happier being independent, not having to have the friction of being with someone who you know that you've fallen out of love with and some people move on and find somebody else so i think futures uh, are bright you know if you have the right attitude
1: i agree you know i share this with my clients quite a bit and i say that our lives are like novels and our novels are made up of chapters and some chapters are good some chapters are bad and what i do know is that you know there's going to be better chapters ahead for you if you kind of work to make sure that you understand that your life is going to change and you embrace those changes, not always easily done. And you brought up the house, which I think is such an emotional trigger for both men and women, because more men are staying at home and more women have, you know, they're their greater income earner in a family right now, um, or many families, I should say. So I think that that home and being tied to it can actually be detrimental. And not only can it be detrimental emotionally, a lot of times people say, can I afford the mortgage on a home? And I say, well, let's go through not just what the mortgage is, but what does it cost you in real estate taxes? What does it cost you for maintenance? Do you, I mean, when was the last time the water heater in your home was replaced? Um, I personally just replaced the dishwasher, and the repairman who installed it said that, you know, we have planned obsolescence of appliances, so it's, you know, three to five years. So you have to, if you're going to keep your home, you have to be able to accommodate for a lot of the costs going forward, not just the mortgage. Most people associate the cost of owning a home with a mortgage, but there's so many other things that you need to remember and incorporate into your lifestyle, i.e. your budget, so that you understand what you can support for a home.
0: And, you know, I, I think you, you had the operative word is change, and nobody wants to... To change. I mean, when people decide to get divorced, that's a huge change. That's one of the life triggers, right, of stress. And so that what they want is they want to keep everything the same. They just want to be divorced. But when you start that <laughs> process, there's a lot of change that happens. And, you know, it's inevitable. You know, you're not going to have a bank account. You may not have the house. Your kids are going to be going to different places for Christmas. You know, so, so change is something that you either ha- have to envelop it, And you know, go with the flow and find good, find happy moments with the new change, with the new scenario. Or you can be bitter and bemoan your fate. And you know, doing the latter just doesn't move you into the next happy chapter. Put it that way.
1: So they say, you know, if you're really angry at your former spouse, anger they say is like a throwing a wet or a hot coal at somebody. You're the one that gets burned, and they don't really get touched by it. So, (laughs) but I also think that you're right. Change is scary it's usually not very easy but most of the time it's for the better because you you have learned a lot through the process um, and you're going to be making changes that are going to be hopefully positive down the line even if you didn't ask for the divorce it, it might be that if you just were the one that was a little bit more
0: passive but you weren't very happy either that's true. And that's true and nobody likes to have that change foisted upon them. We're talking to Mary Beth McLean She's a financial advisor and one of the founders of My Private Vista, where she provides financial and investment advice to everybody, but some, a little concentration, women in transition. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about protecting yourself uh, from divorce from both standpoints of men and women and what happens when you get divorced and what are some of the things that you need to uh, be careful of. You're listening to The Karen Conti Show on WGN. Mary Beth, if someone wanted to contact you to help out with your finances, uh, what would, what, how would they reach you?
1: You oh, can reach me is by email, and that is mbmclean at myprivatevista.com, and you can also visit our website, which is www.myprivatevista.com.
0: I've got a caller, but I'm going to just take ask one more question. And I'm going to get him on the phone. Um, you know, divorce is a real possibility. It's around 50% of all people do get divorced. And, and now we know that over the age of 50, it's becoming more and more um, a reality. So even if we don't want to face that negative uh, event in your life, what advice do you have Uh, to married people when it comes to managing their finances? What are some of the things that you see that go on in a marriage that you think uh, result in bad, uh, bad, bad things happen, uh, you know, because of them? I think that I would
1: call it the ostrich effect because they kind of put their head in the sand and they say, I don't know anything about my finances, but the best thing that they can do for themselves, whether you're male or female is to understand where your money is, and that includes knowing what your mortgage is, what your real estate taxes are, what retirement plans you have in place, what retirement plans your spouse has in place, and I even get, um, which I know might seem a bit odd, but I get people that say I don't even know how much he or she makes. So, and in this electronic age, that's not too unusual that you might not, you know, sign the tax return, but you should know. what what is on your tax return. And if you haven't seen one of your tax returns, there is a Form 4506 that you can submit to the IRS and get copies of previous tax returns.
0: So Mary Beth, Um, I I, I was going to say, the the other thing too is is credit, you know, uh, debt. Um, exactly
1: right that was my next so that's the income side
0: yeah I'm sure you're you're heading there Um, I, I had a case just recently where I was an older couple they had a limited amount of money and it was nice enough for them to be able to retire and live a comfortable lifestyle but not you know not extravagant and it turns out that the one of the spouses was gambling and had like gone through almost seven hundred thousand dollars in in retirement money and 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 the other spouse didn't know about it until we you know until something happened and then we went we we're going through the divorce and now we're seeing all these documents but you know again uh the spouse didn't had no clue whatsoever that this was going on for years i mean i mean you and see it that is.
1: i do see that and unfortunately as you know karen the law says That any income that's earned during the marriage is marital property and any debt that's incurred during the marriage is marital debt. So even though you, we call that the innocent spouse, it doesn't, you know, fly anymore. It's divided equally. I would even say that in, in terms of people marrying and even if you're getting married late in life, and I would consider that, you know, 35 to 50, you know, people still have student debt out there. And you forget about it if, you know, you're dating somebody that's an attorney or a doctor and you don't even think about asking them about their student debt. But that's also something – I just had a case where I was working with a prenup. They were getting uh, – I was a remarriage. And, you know, I said, let's talk about the debt. And they're like, well, we don't really have any debt. And as it turned out, they did have some debt professionally from student debt, you know, to go through um, – it was medical school, actually – and, you know, how you deal with that is going to be very important. Now, it was incurred before the marriage, but if you're going to get into a situation where you're paying down the debt, you know, jointly, it becomes a little sticky. And you can, <laughs> I'm going to hand that ball back to you because it's from the legal perspective, you can speak better than I can.
0: Well, you know, and here I guess what I'm going to ask you is, you know, when I, I do see, and it's, it, it tends to be more females than males, I will say that, that, that they don't know, their spouses, maybe maybe he's the breadwinner and maybe she stayed at home or she is working part time, so she's not as involved with the income and the investments and things like that. And you know, and and there's like a fear almost. It's like and or sometimes it's control. I think sometimes the parties want to control their own money. They want to keep their account separate. They don't have a joint account. You pay this bill. I pay this bill. Which is fine. That that's the way you want to uh, agree during your marriage. But how do you suggest to somebody? you know, say you've been married for 15 years and someone comes to you, maybe it's the man. I don't, I don't know what she makes. I don't know what her, what her uh, assets are. I don't know what, you know, I don't know anything about it. How do you approach the other spouse? How do you encourage them to do it in a way that doesn't become an issue in the marriage? Well, definitely
1: you don't want to do it in the heat of an argument that, you know, you always, or I never, right. Those are never going to be good conversations. But if you can say to your spouse, especially if there isn't a divorce that is either being contemplated or imminent, but just a good relationship that you really don't know what the other person is doing, you know, I say, you know, have a nice dinner and just say, you know what, I think we need to have a board of directors meeting. And you and I are the board of, we're on the board of directors and we just need to have an understanding about where it all is. And again, it doesn't even have to be a divorce. I've had situations where I had um, a couple come to me and the husband became very ill very quickly. He went uh, downhill precipitously quickly. It was just, uh, and he had done a great job managing money for them, but he had a lot of different passwords, had no idea, she had no idea how to even get into the basic checking account in order to pay the bills because he had always handled that. So I say you really need to have you know an objective not confrontational not aggressive conversation about where things are and that protects you in the event of divorce as well as sudden death because we don't know where life is going to take us you just don't know
0: let's, so it's you know that let's let's take a quick call we really have like 1 minute jim i'm going to put you on can you make it as quick as you can
1: oh i just wanted to remind everybody that i work for a corporation that you get um uh, not stock options, but a pension plan. And when I retired from there, I did a 50-50 so my wife would standard live and would not suffer anything to get paid exactly the same as I get paid right now. So I just wanted to remind everybody about that. Man up.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Jim. That's a nice thought, uh, especially with Valentine's Day coming up. Um, Mary Beth, I, <laughs> this week we could keep talking about this. In fact, I think I'd like to have you on again, because I do want to talk a little bit about prenups. and I want to talk a little bit about what happens after a divorce. But let's save that for another day, and I want to give out your contact information one more time. Go ahead.
1: It is mbmclean at myprivatevista.com. And my personal email is, that's my personal email, rather, and the website is www.myprivatevisa.com. And you know what, Karen, we also have to talk about household formation where the couple doesn't get married and then the relationship ours. That's another so thing. That's also another topic.
0: We'll put all those <laughs> on, on our docket. And to the, the next time, um, have a happy Valentine's Day, and I'm sure I'll see you soon. Thank you. Uh, have a great start to your week. All right. Thank you.